This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we talk with Melody Kerr, an elementary school teacher who has taught for 14 years. She shares her five top tips for parents that will help you better cope during the coronavirus while engaging with and helping your children learn. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and my guest today is Melody Kerr, a Warren County, Kentucky school teacher. For those of you not in Kentucky, Warren County sits in the southern part of the state, and it's where the state's third largest city, Bowling Green, is located. Melody has taught kindergartners, first graders, and second graders for 14 years. She says her favorite part of teaching are the moments when she truly sees success in kids, whether it be academically, socially, or just a child reaching a goal they've worked so hard to reach. Melody is married to Wes Kerr, who works with us here at Connected Nation as the Director of Community Solutions. The Kerrs have two young girls, Allie and Eva. Allie will be taking on middle school this upcoming year, and Eva will be a fourth grader. Welcome, Melody. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. Uh, You bring a unique perspective because you're both a teacher and a parent during this unusual time. How has it been for you guys so far? At first, it was a challenge. (laughs) We uh, struggled a little bit at the beginning, but then once we figured out a routine, we finally got in the the group of things and it was much, much better. (laughs) How are you handling classes with the, the kids right now? Right now, being that I'm a first grade teacher and the just the limited amount of technology that parents have. Most of our things were done paper pencil. However, I did do a YouTube um, video each day for my kids to teach my math lesson, and they could watch that to kind of help along um, with with their lessons at home. Um, of course, we're done at this point. It's summer break for us now, but um, you know we're not sure what the fall will look like, and we're already preparing for um, virtual learning, if that might be the case. Um, Are some of your students in rural areas, are they all in an urban setting? Both. (laughs) So you have a mix of kids that have some connectivity and some who have really great connectivity to no connectivity. Is that kind of what you're dealing with? Absolutely. Probably about half and half. I would say half of my kids have access to technology. um, But the issue being, you know, with parents working at home as well, there's only one device that parents have to use as well as kids. And so that makes it a challenge. And then some have none at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a that is a problem right now. And obviously at, at Connected Nation, as you know, since you're married to Wes, um, we deal a lot with um, innovative solutions to try to find ways to help connect families. And with so many kids going online to learn right now because of the pandemic, how do you, as a teacher, can you give us some perspective of how important it is for these kids to have access? It's very, very important. Um, unfortunately, you know, with where I'm, you know, located and where I teach at, you know, we have a population of students who um, are refugees and it's very hard to get their hands on technology, but it is very, very important. And that's one thing I really, you know, would like to express this summer is that parents really work hard at getting their kids exposed to to technology um, and allowing them some time to get on. 
So let's let's move forward because we are we we did ask you to join us and help give a little bit of advice to parents during this time and dealing with this. And because you're a teacher and a parent, you do have kind of a unique set of skills that you can help the rest of us uh, cope with this time. So um, you sent me some of these tips in advance. So we're going to go through them and let's start with your first tip, which is simply to breathe. Can you expand <laughs> upon that? Absolutely. I think one of the challenges that that parents faced, especially coming out of this virtual learning since March was they were stressed out, you know, and just, I don't know how to teach my kids. I don't know how to do this. And even first grade curriculum was tough for some of these parents. And so I just suggest breathe, you know, know that it's going to be okay. Remember when we do get back in the classroom, it's our job to get your kids caught up and stay positive with your kids. You know, if you're frustrated can't figure out how to do a math concept and you express that to your kids, they become frustrated and it makes it really hard for them to appreciate learning at home. And so just breathe, just know that it's going to be okay. Um, You mentioned in uh, some of your comments that you sent me that because of Common Core, teaching math can look a lot different. Can you explain that a little bit? (laughs) Absolutely. Common Core has been a challenge for parents more so than kids. It's just a different way to do math and parents are so fixed on this is how we learned it. We got the right answer. Why can't we just do it this way? And, you know, Common Core has a lot of positives. And I've seen that throughout the years, especially with my own girls and knowing that they have really, they're really sharp in math and it's just coming up with different ways to get the answer. And that's one thing that I stress. If you as a parent, you know, are looking at how to get an answer and you do it the way you were taught, that's great. But don't discourage kids to learn it a different way as well. Great advice. Um, So we mentioned a little bit about the importance of technology. Let's talk a little bit about the other side. Your number two tip is allow your child to explore technology, but do so safely. Can you explain what you mean by all that? Absolutely. You know, just while you're home this summer with your kids, and if you have some time to let them practice with programs like Google Classroom, Google Docs, even on Zoom, you know, let them Zoom grandma for an evening just to get them exposed to what those programs look like. Because unfortunately, with us not knowing what the fall might look like for um, classroom um, learning or virtual learning, the more they get their hands on these programs, the better off they'll be prepared for the fall. Yeah, we have to start thinking that this may be a normal situation for a while. Absolutely. And even first grade kiddos, you know, we, we think, oh, they can't do these programs, but if you teach them and just let them explore with them, they'll be able to pick it up real easy. All right, let's move on to tip number three, dance mat typing. Can you explain <laughs> what that is to me? Absolutely. Um, handwriting is still huge, and I'm not telling parents not to um, teach handwriting or to have your kids practice handwriting, but typing is very, very huge. We are looking at, you know, in the future, go into all digital learning anyways, with no textbooks or no paper pencil objects. And so typing is huge for your kids. And dance mat typing is just a site that I like. It starts out basic with the homework keys. And then as kids learn and do all of those programs, it gets more complicated. Um, Just watching my sixth grader, you know, at home the past few months, All of her assignments were online and she had to type all of her answers. And so, again, the more they're exposed to that, the better prepared they'll be if we have to go back to virtual learning come the fall. Yeah, I often tell someone, tell people if they ask me what 
the best thing I ever learned was, and it's typing because I'm able to have a career because of it. And so I can't imagine for kids careers that they're going to have, it's going to, it's not an option to not be able to do that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, your, your fourth tip for parents is utilize online resources. Um, what do you think are some of the best? What should they focus on? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I really like too, as far as books goes, with public libraries being closed and you're not able to get your hands on some books, Get Epic is a wonderful site for parents to use. The books on there are leveled by picture books or chapter books. You can also search it by grade level, and it's just a great resource for kids. It also provides some how-to books on there. And that kind of leads me into YouTube. You know, we're a little scared of YouTube at times, but YouTube is fabulous. And I really encourage parents to allow your kids to get on YouTube to do things like how to tie your shoes or how to ride your bike. And these provide opportunities for kids to do these things on their own and not have their parents do it completely for them. And so I encourage that learning by just watching a video and seeing how to do it and then letting them explore and see if they can. And so don't be afraid of YouTube. You know, I do suggest monitoring that, but at the same time, allow your kids to get on and look at how to do some of those how-to things, even how to write a letter if they're not sure how to write their name yet. That's just a great resource to use. That's good advice. And the books that you mentioned were Epic. Is that E-P-I-C? The actual website is getepic, G-E-T-E-P-I-C.com. Okay, awesome. Um, And your fifth and final tip for parents uh, is to set a schedule. Expand on why that's so important to give kids a schedule. Yes, a schedule is fabulous. (laughs) We're kind of getting into that summertime and, you know, our kids do the same thing. We let them stay up later and, and that's okay for a while. But as you, as July rolls around and it's starting to, you're starting to think back about getting back into school, you know, I really suggest even bedtime, you know, give them a bedtime schedule. But also, you know, allow your kids to be involved with making their schedule, whether it be chores or just activities that you want them to complete each day, um, and then hold them accountable for that. You know, did you do this today? You have to do this before you can do this. This will also help them as we get back in the classroom, hopefully soon, adjust easily back in, especially for the younger ones that maybe have not been in school yet, or unfortunately, like our kindergartners were you know, a third of their year was basically cut short. And so a schedule is very, very important. So having some idea of how their day is going to go and having them have some sort of input on what that looks like is important? Absolutely. Okay. Anything else that you would add? Any final tips for parents before we let you go for the day? I would just say, enjoy your time with your kids. I know this is a hard time and a challenging time as parents are working from home, but it's also a special time that you get um, to, to be home with your kids and, you know, just that's where the schedule is going to come important, you know, become important when you're trying to work and your kids are at home, but it's just real important for you to enjoy that time as well. Okay. Melody, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, our guest today was Melody Kerr. She is a elementary school teacher with 14 years of experience in the classroom and a mother of two. So she's got the experience to back up her advice today. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about our organization, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or Spotify.